Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. God bless you, ladies. I hope you can hear me okay. Something's going on with my phone all of a sudden, right? And um, I'm using my headpiece, and I just hope that you can hear me. If anyone who's on the line, um, if you're friends with me on Facebook or you're in the Power of a Praying Wife group, please, by all means, just um, if you can't hear me, just let me know the we can't hear you, and we'll figure out something else. But uh, once again, welcome. And um, this is Z from ZSpeaks.com, and we're here tonight to uh, talk about that that man of ours, okay? We're going to come together over a book written by Stormy O'Martian called The Power of a Praying Wife. As I've told you before, I just want to go over it again because there may be some new people on the line. Um Stormy is a well-known writer, Christian writer. She has so many books, um, Power of a Praying Husband, Power of a Praying uh, Mother, Power of a Praying Woman. Everything that she does revolves around the power of prayer. And uh, she wrote this book called The Power of a Praying Wife um, because she understands that it's really prayer that really turned it around, turned everything around for her and her husband uh, for the better. So we're just taking a brief journey through the book so that we have a better understanding. And along um, the way, I'm just going to be sharing some things or rather confirming some things that um, Stormy has even mentioned or um, talking about, uh, Stormy has even mentioned or even has stated. So um, we're going to go to, bear with me, we'll, I'm going to tell you what chapter we're on. And I did have it pull, pulled up, of course. Everything wants to get out of nowhere. My, um, I started wheezing and all those kinds of things. So this must really be <laughs> working because you only see, you know, the pushback when something is working. Okay, so last week we talked about... Um, his um his his fears his choices rather and this week we're going to talk about his health now we've talked about a lot we've talked about his thoughts his emotions his job his purpose sex uh, pornography we've talked about a lot okay so when we hear something like his health what is what is that doing for me but I I want to tell you what I tell my husband I don't want to take out the garbage. Point blank, period. I don't want to have to do this alone because you your your body expired from not taking care of it. If it's time for you to go, it's time for you to go. But there are times where God will allow us to make certain choices um, to better ourselves. And if we don't, 
we have consequences, and some of those consequences are not so polite, okay? So um, I don't want you to just overlook his health um, as something that's unimportant. We're talking about the entire part of your man, and you need him to be healthy, okay, in the bedroom and out of the bedroom. Hello, you need him to be healthy. So um, um, before we go, before we dive into the chapter, um, I just want to let you know we're going to, what we're going to be talking about before we dive into the chapter. I usually open up with uh, a quick prayer and then um, an introduction, but I just did the introduction. I read uh, Stormy's uh, chapters, and at the end, sometimes I open up the line. I haven't been opening up, opening it up lately. Um, if you really want me to, then I will. Other than that, uh, we'll continue to just talk, and um, after we read the chapter verses, the chapters from Stormy's book, we close out in prayer, okay? And, if, of course, if you have any special prayer requests, by all means, send them to me, and I'll definitely pray for you. And um, when it's really pressing, I take it to my husband so that we can pray together, all right, not to make you feel embarrassed or anything. I don't go into detail, but um, I do like for him to pray with me sometimes. It's something about when he joins in on prayer with me where things get moving quickly, okay? So let's go into prayer before we go uh, into the call. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for being exactly who you are. We thank you for being the ruler, author, and finisher of our faith, having sole authority over all things. God, we thank you so much for your confidence. You don't have to ask anybody anything. You don't have to get anybody's approval over anything. You just do what it is that you do. Say what it is that you say, and it is so, oh God. We thank you for what you have spoken over our lives, oh God. And we do our best. We're trying to do our best to take it, to not take it for granted, not to not overlook it, to not take advantage of it, oh God. Even though we may value certain things more than others, oh God, if you continue to build us up in your character, we'll continue to grow and we'll eventually value those things that are important, oh God. So we know that you are ever progressing, God, and a loving God and that you desire us to be like you, for we are your children. We come together touching the ring as sisters that each and every um, time we get on this line, that we hold these things in our hearts and minds and actually put them to practice, for we know that if we don't apply what we learn, nothing will change. We have to be doers of the word and not just hearers, oh God. We are certainly in need of you where it concerns the love of our hearts, oh God. You know and understand the man that you have called our husband, whether he's with us now as our husband, whether he's with us as a boyfriend, whether he's with us as a fiancé, or whether we've never even met him, oh God. We are in need of you to touch him, to move on his behalf, mind, heart, soul, body, and spirit, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we're looking forward to what you're doing in both of us, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, we're on Chapter 11, and this is page 97 of 207. I'm reading on Kindle, so the book may be, a, the book, the page numbers in the book, I'm not sure if they're a little different, but if they are, forgive me. It's Chapter 11, His Health, and I'm reading, starting on page 97. Stormy says, for years my husband cared little about exercise. 
I would give lectures and meaningful talks, leave magazine articles in his path, and plead and cry about how I didn't want to be a widow. Okay, I just said that. But it all fell on glazed eyes and deaf ears. Then one day I got the brilliant idea that if praying worked for other parts of his life, it might work for this too. I decided to employ my shut up and pray method and asked God to give him the desire and motivation to exercise regularly. I prayed for a number of months without without any results. But then one morning I heard an unfamiliar noise coming from another room. I followed the sound and much to my amazement it was my husband on the treadmill. I didn't say a word. He started using the treadmill and lifting weights two or three days a week. When he later remarked how much better he was feeling and wished he had started doing it sooner, I exercised admirable restraint and didn't even allow the words I told you so to be formed with my mouth. To this day, he doesn't know that I prayed. Your husband's health is not something to take for granted, no matter what his age or condition. Pray for him to learn to take proper care of himself, and if he becomes ill, pray for him to be healed. I've seen too many answers to prayers for healing in my life and the lives of others to doubt that God, that the God who healed in the Bible is the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I believe what God said when he says, I am the Lord who heals you. He meant it. I also have the faith as Jeremiah prayed, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed in Jeremiah 17 and 14. I trust his word when it promises, I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds in Jeremiah 30 and 17. Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses in Matthew 8 and 17. He gave us his disciples' power to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds uh, of disease. That's in Matthew 10 and 1. He said, these signs will follow those who believe they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's in Mark 16 and 17 through 18. It seems to me that God is interested in healing, and he didn't put a time limit on it, only a faith limit. And she references Matthew 9 and 22. Now, I just want to stop for a minute because I just read a mouthful. And we really think about health. Jeremy's um, talking about um, physical health, which is essential. You know, we, we need the cholesterol to be low so that nothing's clogging up his arteries. And, you know, he doesn't get a a bypass. Uh, We need, you know, the prostate to be checked out so that, you know, cancer is not ravishing his body. We need, you know, uh, diabetes to, you know, to be maintained or even prevented. We need a whole lot of things when it concerns the the, the man because when uh, it comes to sickness um, or healing of the body, that's the focus, and if that's the focus, um, it's hard for him to focus on being the protector. It's hard to protect if you don't have a hand to protect with. It's hard to protect if you don't have a limb, uh, you know, to to work with. And when I say protect, I don't just mean being able to stand up and fight, um, but uh, protect being able to see in advance what's happening with the home, what's taking place with the children, the pathways that they're going down and what's going through the mind and heart of, you know, the wife and all those things. If 
when men are sick, they're usually concerned with that sickness, not concerned with anything else but that. And if it comes to something detrimental like, um, you know, losing a limb, God forbid, or um, not being able to fully facilitate a limb, if you catch my drift, okay, everything stops for them. They not only need to be able to do their job, but they want to be able to do it in full strength. It matters to them. Whereas us, we can have a stomach ache and we just keep going and we can have a headache and we just keep going and a bit of a sore throat, but we just keep going. You know, we're a little bit different. I always compare men and women to apples and oranges. Men are apples. You hit the core, that's it. Women, even though we have different things going on, we store you know, those things in all those little compartments, just like the orange, but we never stop being an orange. Even if you pull those compartments apart one by one, it's still an orange. So um, we're different in those ways. And um, a lot of times they're afraid to talk about their health, even though they will overlook it. So uh, for my husband, for instance, you know, his father had uh, his father passed away of a, a, I believe two different cancers. I believe one was bladder cancer, and the other, I think it affected his prostate. Um, not that he had bladder, not that he had prostate cancer, but he had bladder cancer and it affected his prostate. And he was so afraid uh, to tell his children. And um, my mother-in-law shared with me that he knew he was ill. He asked the children not to be told, and he went to the doctor. They made arrangements for him to go to one of the top doctors in the world because his sister, um, my father-in-law's sister, had actually worked for the doctor. And the doctor told him, okay, this is what we need to do. You need to have this surgery, da 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 And he says, no, I'm going to go the holistic approach. And the doctor told him, okay, if you want to go the holistic approach, that's fine, but you can't come back if it doesn't work. I'm not going to help you if it doesn't work. You'll be too far gone. And one thing led to another. I don't, I, from what I understand, he didn't, he didn't fully complete the, um, holistic approach, or either way, it didn't work. I'm trying to make sure I have the story straight. Either it didn't work or he didn't finish it. And when he went back to the doctor to beg for the surgery, the doctor told him, no, I'm not going to do it. It's too far gone. I told you you had to do it at that time. So um, I remember it was about 2001. Uh, Anthony and I, we weren't married. We just moved to uh, Fayetteville. Uh, Parlin, actually, right off of Route 9, off of Ernston Road in these beautiful townhomes. I mean, it was beautiful. And, um, you know, they got a call that their father uh, was in the hospital. And he was in a coma for a while. His body had swelled up so bad it was like he doubled his weight. And this is not a little man. My husband's uh, dad was 6'8". Broad, broad guy, you know, so he had doubled his weight and they were watching, you know, all of what would happen. And thanks be unto God, he did finally come to, right? So he comes to and um, he's talking about his experience on the other side, okay? 
and um he starts talking about um what um what what's next. And basically they told him what's next is that you're gonna die. We understand that you came back. But what's next is that you're gonna die. And I remember um getting the phone call from um my husband who was just my boyfriend. He wasn't even my fiance at the time. Um, telling me that his father passed away. He was in the room when he passed away, heard his last breath, his wife, uh, my mother-in-law was in the room, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I remember the day of the funeral, and I was watching the boys, and my husband is the baby of the family, and he was just crying so hard, and uh, the Holy Spirit showed me that, he, you know, he was crying because his father left him without so many answers. He, there was so much to be known as far as taking care of a family and this, that, and the other, and it was too late. He couldn't get those answers, and he was, my husband was in agony about, you know, his father no longer being here, but um, him not being able to get those answers that he needed, right? So over the years, um, you know, Anthony and I, we, you know, uh, come from different backgrounds. He grew up with a mother and father in the home who, um, I'm going to be point blank, were still not in the home. And um, I grew up with a single mother um, who also was not in the home, you know. So we came together and we had to figure things out on our own because what we learned about relationships was totally different than what God wanted us to know. So even though his natural father, uh, my husband's natural father, left without giving him answers uh, to questions that he had, our Heavenly Father still provided us with instruction. And he never left out help. When we think about God, all we think about is, oh, he just wants us to live and and that's it. But that's not all of it. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. He's not just talking about your spiritual life, but he's talking about your natural life. And when we don't take care of the vessel, it expires. It already has an expiration date, but we accelerate that expiration date when we don't take care of the body. And when we do that, when we know better, okay, it's when you know better, it's a sin, when we don't do things that we know we should be doing, that's when, intentionally at that, that's when it creates a separation within a relationship between you and God. It's just like him, you know, your, your, your companion knowing he should be coming home no later than, you know, 1030, and he continues to come in at 1 o'clock in the morning. Well, no, I don't want to talk to you. Get away from me. Don't ask me to cook your breakfast. You're disrespectful. You know the rules of this relationship. You know how I feel. You know I get worried when you're out there. You know um, maybe there's some trust issues. There's some trust issues, and you continue to blatantly disregard how I feel and come in at 1 o'clock in the morning, and yet you expect, you know, so much as if nothing has happened. We can't move forward until we address what you're doing. And that's what that's the same thing with the cycle of sin. God is saying, look, you already know what you're supposed to do. 
and we can't uh, just move past those things as if they're not there. Will I still love you? Yes. Will I still be here for you? Yes. But in order for us to continue to maintain this bond that we have, we have to address the ways that you're attacking this bond, the ways that you're tearing down the bond. And a lot of times we don't think that the body is that important, and it is. It's just as important because without, even though he can sustain the body, he can heal the body, you can die, he can bring you back to life, what have you. God is the God of free will, free choice. And if you choose to destroy it, if you choose to destroy the body, he'll allow you to have the consequences, and sometimes that results in death. But what I always said I didn't want to do was go to heaven without having fully lived. Don't get me wrong. Heaven is life, okay? A home is life. But while I'm here, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything that you called me to do, that I have apprehended Everything you said was mine, that I've attained every goal you instructed me to. I don't want to leave with my work undone. And the last thing I want to do is have it cut short because I couldn't put away the donuts, okay? It's, 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 it's really bad. And don't get me wrong because I love sweets. And um, I do have to make sure I um, control myself. And some days are a little better than others. Like today was a really bad day. But I still make sure that, um, you know, I have my food, my vegetables, my water intake, and I'm going to be walking and doing those kinds of things. So um, I just want us to get it in our minds that God is just as concerned about our, our spiritual uh, well-being, um, as he is our, uh, just as concerned about our natural well-being as he is our spiritual well-being. Don't think of God as not being, uh, as him being only interested in what he's only interested in. He cares for you, okay? All right, back to the man. So as the woman, you know it's your responsibility to get him to the doctor, right? Right. I don't care if you got to put him in the car, if he got to, you know, moan and groan. It's always set the appointment up. This is the date. If you have to take him, then you take him. But whatever you do, make sure you do your part because men are so focused on certain things, and it's not their health. They're just not. And us being um, wall watchers, as I like to say, the watchmen over the family or the watchwomen over the family, it's our responsibility to make sure that we're looking into that too. You know, it's no different than giving the kids vitamin C provider. Um, you know, fruits and vegetables on the plate, you, you want to eat them too. Um, you know, just the certain things that we have to do to make sure that we're doing our part to maintain uh, his health. One thing that my mother-in-law has shared with me is that she uh, was angry, became angry that he uh, left and he didn't have to. He could have, you know, taken the exams earlier. He could have went for the surgery, but he didn't. And he died a death that was unnecessary. And there's a lot that he's missing out on. And there's a lot that she's missing out on. So that's not the way we 
you know, want to live. And I look at that and I take it, you know, all into consideration. Let's have as many years together as we can. When you get to heaven, he ain't going to matter, okay? But for right now, you're my everything, all right? Outside of God, myself, and children, you are it, boo. So let's make sure that um, we have you totally taken care of. So uh, back to Stormy. We're on page, what is page? It says 98, third paragraph. She says, my husband told me that my prayers for his healing had the biggest impact on him in the mid-'80s when he discovered, here we go, several lumps on his body, and the doctor believed they were cancerous. A second doctor also suspected it was cancer, so a biopsy was taken. During those days of waiting to find out the results, Michael was tempted to worry. He said, my prayers for his good health and peace sustained him until he found out that it wasn't cancer at all. He had the lumps removed and they did not return. Remember, however, that even though we pray and have faith, the outcome and timing are God's decisions. He says there is a time to heal in Ecclesiastes 3 and 3. If you pray for healing and nothing happens, don't beat yourself up for it. God sometimes uses a man's physical ailments to get his attention so he can speak to him. Keep praying, but know, but know that God's decision is the bottom line. The same is true when praying that God will save someone's life. We don't have the final say-so over anyone's hour of death. The Bible says there is a time to die. That's in Ecclesiastes 3 and 2. And we are not the ones to decide who decide that God does, and we must accept it. We can pray, but he determines the outcome. We have to give him that privilege without resenting, faulting, or getting angry at him. Pray for your husband's health, but leave it in God's hands. And I'm going to stop right there. Um, when we think of God, um, you know, we have reverence for him, a fear for him. And we like to say that we won't get angry or we won't blame him or we won't resent God's decision. But as a full human being, I want to tell you that's not always the case. Um, I love God with everything um, that I am with my entire being, mind, heart, soul. Um, and there are times where I've been angry with him. There have been times where I've blamed him. God, you did this. God, you let this happen. And there are times where I resented him. You know, God, I don't understand why you would allow us to go through something like this. And, you know, if I, it, it makes me, you know, just if I had the gut you know, I would consider going back. But it's my past is so abolished that I couldn't go back if I want to. It'll make you resent um, living a holy life sometimes, um, the things that God will do. And um, when you get to those places, and, you know, maybe you never will, but when you get to feeling those types of emotions, and a lot of times you don't know you're really angry with God, I'm going to tell you how you can identify how you feel about God. Listen to what you're saying to those you love. Look at how you treat those you love. The very things that you're saying and doing to those that you love are the very things that you're saying and doing with God. 
So if you have a, you know, um, children and um, you don't have patience for them, you're simply I bet anything that you're saying to God, I'm tired of waiting for you. I'm so tired. My patience is done with waiting for you. There's always a reflection of how you feel and treat God and how you feel and treat people, and rightfully so. He says in his word, how can you love a God you've never seen and not and and hate your brothers and sisters? How, how does that that doesn't work for him? So he knows um he knows that our relationships with our children, our spouses, and our friends, and our coworkers are indicative of how we treat him. All you have to do is flip it around. You'll see exactly where your heart is with God. And sometimes you'll find out, like, oh, my God, I'm really angry with you. God, I'm really angry, you know. I'm really upset. I'm really blaming you. I'm really resenting you. And all I can tell you is to tell him, with all respect now, okay, don't, don't get it twisted, but tell them, you know, I'm angry with you that you didn't move on my behalf when I needed you most. I feel disappointed. I feel that you've let me down. There are times where I've told him, God, okay, I understand that you will allow us to go through things, but this is cruel. This is cruel, and it feels like a cruel joke. And um, in that, in that place, um, I can't say that he immediately changed circumstances. What I can say is that he would help me um, and bless me with certain um, lights, certain glimpses of light within the darkness, and it let me know that he cared about how I felt. And just to know that he cared about how I felt made me feel better. I needed to know that, um, you know, I was loved and that he desired to show me that I was loved. So um, when you get to those places or if you get to those places where you kind of feel negatively about God, that's why people, oh, I'm, I'm done with God. You know, there is no God and they, you know, or I'm not, you know, remaining a Christian. All kinds of excuses they'll give. It's because you haven't kept it real. Keep it one on it. Tell God how you feel with all respect. And some he doesn't always give an explanation, and he doesn't always remove the situation, but he will always reaffirm his love. You know, there are plenty of times where I, he's told me, daughter, I love you, but I need you to go through this process. And um, it doesn't mean that I liked it doesn't mean that I wanted it, but it does mean that I finished it and I'll never have to go through that again. And when you come out and you see what it was all for, it washes away all of the anger, the bitterness, the, all of those why, 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 all of that. So um, I just wanted to talk about that because Stormy says we have to give him that privilege without resenting, faulting, or getting angry. We have to give God the privilege of making his choices without resenting him, faulting him, or getting angry at him. And I get what she's saying because if we totally trust him, we won't. 
But there are times where we're just not going to understand and we're just not going to like it, and it is going to cause us to feel some kind of way. And when you do, just be sure that um, you let them know. You let them know exactly how you feel. Uh, Okay. So I'm going into prayer but uh, in, in the next uh, chapter, but I want to talk about one more thing um, where she says God's decision is the bottom line, okay? Now, um, people often say that God wouldn't, uh, that God, that it, that the Bible says that God does not tempt us, okay? And it's true. He does not tempt us to sin. That is not all you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, if if somebody has a gambling problem, oh, I got a gambling problem. But um, you know, I got some extra money, and I believe the Lord want me to go play at least a hundred dollars in the lotto. You know, that's that's not God. If anything, He might to give that hundred dollars away so that the return you get is worth a thousand dollars. He may do that. You know. Bet on him, yes, but bet on the ways of the world, no, because it's not that it's a bad thing, but when you uh, do it in excess or do it as a source, you're trying to replace him, and it also shows that you don't trust him to take care of you, and then it shows that you don't trust him to, uh, you're not uh, uh, being good stewards over the blessings that he's given you, Okay. Excuse me, but there are times where, uh, you know, we get news about our health and God's decision is the bottom line. And recently I went through, well, still going through um, a situation where I've seen my dreams come true. I'm a dreamer, guys, so if you don't know, I see and hear in the spirit quite often, okay? And, um, I um, had a dream, maybe about 2008, that my stepdaughter's mother would get ill. I'm sorry, that's two, I went back to 2005. And I remember, um, I don't want to describe everything in detail because I love her now, okay? I, I loved her then, but I wasn't in love with her. Like, I love her now, Um so I don't want to go through details, but what I saw was a gentleman um, who she eventually wound up meeting push her out of the window uh, of a second-story house, and when he pushed her, he pushed her so hard that she uh, fell um, on her head in the middle of the street, and she died with her eyes open. And I woke up, and I said, God, not like that. And he told me the only way she will see me is on her back, okay? I said, okay, God, I get it, but don't do it that way. Not like that, right? So um, another time I had a dream that we were in the supermarket, and she had given me her baby. I think this was her baby because um, her son, whom I love dearly, is was older at the time. He was about four years old when I had this dream, the second dream. And um, I was holding a baby. It looked like a, you know, little Spanish boy, cute baby, chunky, like I like him. And um, he was about six or eight months. And we were in the supermarket shopping, and she was so skinny. She was so skinny that um, she was wearing like a size one 
jean pair, size, size one in jeans, and they were baggy. <clears throat> and the hair was really short. I'm sorry, excuse me. I think it's allergies. So that's why I'm wheezing and carrying on. Excuse me. Her hair was really short. And I said to her, why are you so skinny? And she looked at me in my eyes, and she said, I don't know, and I knew she was lying. And when I woke up, I said, okay, God, I don't know what that was, but not like that either. I need you to figure this out, but don't do it this way. And he told me this. He said, listen, I'll oblige your request. I, I oblige your request. Your first request, I will oblige your second request. But when I do it the third time, you cannot ask me to change my mind. I won't. And I said, okay. So the first dream was in about 2005, 2006, and the second dream was about 2008, 2009. Last year, I get a text on my phone. About July, she had just taken me to eat for my birthday. Um, Great little restaurant, Times River, called Aqua Blue. Monday, everything's half off. I got short ribs with a smoked potato, uh, you know, puree. And um, we had cake and appetizers and all that kind of stuff. It was really good. She took me for my birthday. I noticed I didn't hear from her about two days later. So I call her, you know, and she says, I don't feel good. I say, you coming down with something? I say, you better hurry up and get over it because, you know, your birthday is the 1st of July, you know, now a month away because my birthday is April 29th. And we were already in May. And um, about July, she was really sick, just really, really sick. And I was like, you need to go to the doctor. I don't have time. I don't have time. I said, no, you've got to go to the doctor. Nobody in their crap is that important for you not to go. you got to go. You know, it could be the flu, anything. Well, she texted me. She said, I need you to pray for me i got to have a blood transfusion, and my kidneys failed. So I said, where are you? She says, community. I said, I'm on my way. And when I walked in, she just broke down crying, and all I could do was cry for her. She told me that her kidneys failed and, you know, all these other pancreatitis and all these other things were going on at one time, three different things going on at one time. Oh, an ulcer. An ulcer, pancreatitis, and kidney failure. And I'm only telling you this because I know she wouldn't mind. She doesn't mind. Um, so, you know, I prayed with her. And then after a while, I went back home. And I went in my bathroom because I just had a crazy feeling. And I opened my mouth to pray. And my prayer was going to be, God, take the sickness off of her. Now, on another note, I'm not just a dreamer and a seer, but I'm an intercessor. So when I pray, I'm not saying that God chooses to answer my prayers more so than anybody else's. I'm just saying that that's my spirit, one of my spiritual jobs, one of my spiritual duties. So when you are employed to um, do a certain thing, you have, uh, if you want to say, access to certain systems at the job to do that job. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying, you know, God is favored in my prayers as an intercessor or anything like that. I just have certain access to do my job. And I went to go pray and ask God to take 
the sickness off of her to heal her. And the moment I opened my mouth, he said to me, I told you years ago that when I do it the third time, you cannot ask me to change my mind. I think I was sick in my belly for three days after the Lord told me that. I started shaking. I started crying. And um, what I can tell you is that um, when we talked about it, when the Lord and I talked about it, I said, God, it's too much. You know, it even threw me into a depression just seeing the, the course of how things, you know, have changed. Um, I said, God, this is, this is just too much. And um, he told me, you don't like it because you can't do anything about it. I know it hurts you to see her like this, but I have her. And when he said that, uh, it gave me a little bit of peace. It doesn't mean I I liked it, but it gave me a little bit of peace. I can say today that this woman gave her life to Christ, that this woman joined a church, that this woman you know, reflects on her word, that she's praying, that she would take the time, even in her sickness, okay, to crawl out of bed, to go to church, that when she was alone, if I would come over and I would see tears, why are you crying? I was just laying on the floor praying. She don't even, you know, I'm like, oh, girl, that's worship. You you talking about prayer, that's worship. You know, just certain things, you know, where she can call me and say, you know, come pray for me and we can hold each other and just pray. Um, you know, um, if anybody, you know, knows who um, Anthony's, you know, daughter's mother is, then you know who I'm talking about and you know the history behind, you know, baby mama drama. Um, she wasn't always the woman that she is today. And um, I never, I knew that I loved her. I knew that I had to love her. I can't say I loved uh, my stepdaughter without loving where she came from, um, even if I didn't like her or like her ways, should I say. Um, but the woman I know today is my friend. When my, when my, you know, when her phone rings, when I'm calling her, it says uh, my boo thing. That's how, you know, close we are, and everybody is amazed at how much we uh, really, really love each other, like sisters, to the point where she references her mother. She says, Mommy, uh, you know, can you call Mommy? She needs help getting Jared off the bus, you know, stuff like that. So um, I'm saying all that to say that when it comes to God's, God's decision, he does have the final say-so. And he does have the bottom line. Um, he, 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 his decision is the bottom line. Even though he allows us to pray uh, in order to change things, he's still sovereign. And I think that's something that we often forget uh, when it comes to having or not having our answers, our, the praise to our answers, because he does them so often and he does them so well. Even if the prayers, the answers to our prayers don't come the way we expect, okay, it got done. But there comes a time where you're going to see his sovereignty, and his sovereign means to do what you want, when you want, how you want it. 
okay, regardless of anybody else's opinion, ideas, feelings, or emotions. He's still sovereign, um, and he still does what he wants to do. So if there's ever a time that you have to face a decision um, that God has made in his sovereignty, um, you're going to feel resentful. You're going to feel angry. You're going to feel, you know, like blaming him. There's some that's going to be, but you're going to be like, God, I don't understand this part of you. But we have to remember that he's sovereign and that he never does anything without a purpose. Everything he does, even in his ability, because I said so, I'm doing it because I feel like it, because I said so, he doesn't even take that, um, you know, his, his ability to do whatever he wants to do, how he wants to do it. He doesn't take it and lord it over us or abuse us with it. He still puts a purpose behind doing what he wants to do. So um, let's pray that God doesn't have to allow a physical ailment to come upon you nor your companion in order to get both of your attention. Because a lot of times we get really quiet and we get really still, and we draw really close to God when we're ill, when we're faced with death, when we're faced with a trying or hard situation. If we do it in advance, then it thwarts off the uh, need to get our attention through things that would just break our heart, okay? So um, you got to pray for your man. You got to push him to be healthy. If you're cooking, you can't always give the man a steak. You cannot always make fish and grits in the morning. You're going to have to put some fresh garlic in those green beans and not cook them all the way. He'll have to learn how to like it. You know, put a little lemon and butter or something. Do something, salt, pepper, lemon, butter. You know, you have to, you know, decrease the salt. You replace some of the chips, you know, and cookies with, you know, fruit. Um, don't buy so much juice, you know. You buy the water. They don't eat what they want to eat on the job anyway. So he's getting his, you know, he'll get his dose, his dose of, uh, you know, uh, fried foods or whatever. But they don't eat what he want to eat. But when it comes to you, it's important to make sure that you have a balance. Um, and that you're feeding him the right things and that you're doing things that um, cajole him into, you know, movement. He don't want to exercise at the gym. Girl, go and get a week or a connect. They have all kind of Mortal Kombat games on connect. Now, not Mortal Kombat itself, because if so, then I would be playing that. All right, but they have all kind of you know karate games, track and field, football, all kind of things that you can actually do on the connect. You're playing, you don't even know you're burning calories. The Just Dance, you know, Dance Central, all those kind of games. I think one's for we and one's for um, connect. But I know when I play them, you have to with the the one with the connect. I think that might be Dance Central the one for connect, but you have to make sure that your movements are very concentrated and within a certain area in order to win, and I had to prove to my children that I am the dance queen, okay, and um, I was sweating, profusely, 
quickly, okay, because your your movements are concentrated. So I'm just saying all that to say, build your house up. He is your house, okay? If you already going to cry, if you've already experienced crying from having to put him out or break up or sleep in another room, then don't let it be that you have to experience crying for him never being able to return or never being able to be himself again, all right? We don't want to lose limbs and lose vision and have to push wheelchairs, you know, simply because um, they didn't eat right and they didn't exercise. And, And you may feel like, well, I shouldn't have to do that. I shouldn't have to tell him that. But, honey, you do. You're a nurturer. If you tell your girlfriend, and you coerce her into going to dance class, and you may as well tell your man. You tell your children, tell your man. So um, I just want to make sure that we're um, aware that God is just not in the healing business of hearts and minds and wounded souls, but he's in the healing business of bodies. And it's important that we don't sin. Um, by doing things that we know we shouldn't do intentionally. I'm not talking about, oh, God, I tried and it didn't work out. I just felt susceptible. I'm talking about, God, I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm doing it anyway, okay? Those are the type of things that cause risks in relationships, you know? Um, And uh, you've got to know that God is a healer. So make sure that you're praying for your boo you know, that he would get a desire to heal. Um, this, this is how it's going to work out, okay? I'm telling you right now how it's going to work so don't get mad, okay? You're going to pray for him to, you know, get more concerned about his health, not not in a, a, a negative way or a worrisome way, but, you know, God, bless him to want to, you know, eat healthy and drink water and exercise, you know, so that his body, and you run your hand through his body, that's, Help him be blessed and healed and all those kind of things. And then when you go get cookies, you know, like, you, you, you think that's enough? Oh, and then you're going to get mad. But just remember, this is what you prayed for, okay? Because there have been plenty of times where um, I prayed for uh, Anthony and he has turned it right around on me. And I'm like, you know, but I want to do what I want to do. You know, and God will remind me, "Uh uh-uh, this is what you pray for. So um, I'm going to go ahead and read Stormy's prayer, and um, we'll use that as our prayer tonight. And I hope you enjoyed the call. I know, again, I know it's not necessarily talking about infidelity and sex and those things, but health is very, very important. And I share those stories with you because even though this is the power of a praying wife, and it's in reference to a man, it's in reference to you too. He cannot become the best husband without you becoming the best wife. So we got to be on our job. And at the end of the day, when the bombs fall, when the government, you know, falls out, Wall Street falls out, when, when, you know, hurricanes and storms come, when the children move out of the house, when you have to bury the parents and all all those kinds of things, it's just you and him. And the last thing you want is to have to get him dressed. If you have to, then you have to. But you don't want to have to dress him in the morning and have to change, you know, his urine and have to feed him 
and or even have to bury him for simple things like not encouraging him or setting up your household to where he eats healthy, he drinks plenty of water, and he's active. That's not what you want to do. That's, that's not... Not for that reason. If it happens, it happens. If it's a God decision, then that's what it is. But if it's in your power to do something better and greater for him, do it. And we don't even have to take it as far as death and and having, um, you know, a disability. Um, You know, he needs these fruits and, and vegetables and water to keep all the blood flowing in proper places if you catch my drift, okay? Because, yes, the children will move out and it's just free reign in the house and you just need to be able to get up, okay? And, yeah, you do. And, um, you know, what what you feed them helps all of that, okay? All of it, all right? It's here for you to enjoy. And um, you want to make sure that you get in, and you don't want to kill it, all right? Kill it, dead. You don't want to kill it just because you didn't um, feed the man the right stuff. So his health is more important um, than we think. And when he gets sick, you know, whether it be something cut off, whether it be, you know, you having to feed him, whether it be a cold, or even if it just, you know, is that he can't rise to the top. That's all he's going to be concerned with. And it, that, that, that's what he'll be consumed with. And that's no way to live either, okay? So here we go into prayer. Lord, I pray for your healing touch on my husband. Make every part of his body function the way you designed it to. Wherever there is anything out of balance, set it in perfect working order. Heal him of any disease, illness, injury, infirmity, or weakness. Strengthen his body to successfully endure his workload, and when he sleeps, may he wake up completely rested, rejuvenated, and refreshed. Give him a strong heart that does not fail, O God. I don't want him to have heart failure, not spiritually nor naturally at any time. I pray that he will have the desire to take care of his body, to eat the kind of food that brings health, to get regular exercise and avoid anything that would be harmful to him. Help him to understand that his body is your temple and he should care for it as such. I pray that he will present it as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. When he is ill, oh God, and we pray that he won't be, but should you allow him to be, I pray that you will sustain him and heal him, fill him with your joy to give him strength. Specifically, I'm praying for his entire being, mind, heart, soul, and body. Give him faith to say, oh, Lord, my God, I cried out to you, and you healed me. Thank you, Lord, that you are my healer. I pray that my husband will live a long and healthy life, and and when death does come, may it be accompanied by peace and not unbearable suffering and agony. Thank you, Lord, that you will be there to welcome him into your presence and not a moment before your appointed hour. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Another thing, two things that came to mind while we were praying. Make sure you clean out your system. 
You can eat all the fruits and vegetables in the world. But have you ever smelled a juicer? If you leave the pulp in the juicer, it stinks. It smells just like garbage juice, all right? And you can only imagine what that kind of stuff can do to a body that has not been cleaned out, detox. And if you need tips on detox, ask me. I got it. I know what to do, boo, okay, and what to get and where to go to get it and how much you're going to need. Last thing, a will. I don't care if you two are just living together, as, you know, and you're not married. You need a will. If you don't have a will, guys, let me know. Uh, inbox me. I know how to get one, a good one, by a reputable lawyer and not expensive. You got to have a will. God forbid y'all are together for five years. If he were to expire and everything is left to his mother, okay, you need to have a will in place. There's nothing wrong with leaving anything to the mother, but you need to have things in order because if the mother don't like you, okay, thinking not strange, it happens all the time. So you want to make sure that everything is in order. So if you need to, reach out to me for the detoxing, okay? I know what to get and how you can start it off slow so it doesn't, you know, drive you crazy and all that kind of stuff. And I know where you can get a will for cheap, all right? I love you. I love you. I love you. And I pray God's best for you. I want you happy. I want you healthy. I want you complete. I want you whole, okay? So that's why we're doing this. Meet us next Thursday. Sorry, next Thursday at 8 p.m. We had a few more callers on the line. I guess I think Scandal was on tonight, but uh, I guess everybody ain't watching. Oh, Kerry Washington, okay, Olivia Pope. I got a little 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 lead on you, but um, join us again next Thursday at 8 p.m. Okay, I love you. Have a good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.